Welcome to the P4C Podcast. We are excited to reshare with you the last 12 years of teaching through God's Word at Passion for Christ Summit. Each P4C year is full of rich truths for your life, and we know you will be blessed. Our new series will be from P4C 2018, Life to God Be the Glory. We now join Dave Terrell for the first message. We hope you are encouraged and challenged. I hope you don't mind that I have a ball cap on and I got my scarf. I'm a bald guy. It's over 40 and I get cold. So since we're at camp, I'm going to wear this. And if you don't like it, then we'll just talk after. How's that sound? (laughs) Philippians chapter 1, or excuse me, Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 8 is where we find our text. And uh, where Charles wanted me to focus. And the title of the message is, the mind of Christ in the struggle of life. The mind of Christ in the struggle of life. Uh, what is implied by that title? What is implied by that title, what's assumed by that title, is that life and struggle are synonymous. And the amazing thing is that to be human, we just assume that. Our life began with struggle. The birth process, the screaming out with our lungs trying to get some air, some doctor whipping us around and smacking us, (laughs) you know, nurses throwing us on the table, pricking your fingers, getting all your numbers, uh, getting your Billy Rubin numbers, getting your, making sure your jaundice numbers are okay. Does this kidney light or, or, or different kinds of things and mom being worried about it. All these, our life is just struggle. Life and struggle are synonymous. As much as we enjoy life, there's also a sense into which life is hard. It's intense. It is brutal, uh, and, but it's also uh, something in which we can see God's mercy and God's grace. We expect hardship, but as Christians, the glory of the Christian life is, it's not just that we see light at the end of the tunnel. We live in light as we go through this tunnel of life. And so we live in that power and mercy of God. Now, what's great about this passage is that Philippians chapter 2, almost poetically, gives us a sense of understanding how Jesus Christ reveals his tools, I've used that a lot this weekend, his tools for success in struggling through life. Uh, Or how Jesus Christ reveals his manner of revealing the nature of God to us so that we can be strengthened by the knowledge of his presence and we can display that same nature uh, to those around us. So, I want to try to um, scratch away at this concept that the mind of Christ can be found in this struggle of life. I want to scratch away at the idea that Jesus Christ has revealed these things to us through the Apostle Paul, not just for the glory of God, but so that we can have something tangible by which we can measure our lives to see are we being successful in our Christian walk, does this display in my life, et cetera, et cetera. So for here, here's an example. Paul uses other language like this. Work out your salvation in fear and trembling. What does that mean? Does that mean we're supposed to earn our salvation? Every good Protestant is like, no, okay? Great, what does it mean? Now, the assumption is that we are alive in Christ, and now I'm just going to display that reality in my life. How many of you, have you, how many of you here have abs? Everybody's got abs, right? Personally, I just happen to be a little more humble about my abs. I like to have them covered up. And I really work hard at that humility. It's called brownies and chocolate 
And anything else I can get my hands on. There you go. Preach it. Amen. But the point is that every single person already has some things that are inherent to them. If I want to display my abs, what has to happen? Well, I have to start exercising. Not only do I have to start exercising, I have to start eating right. Ugh, no more brownies, no more chocolate. And the big rule with abs is if it's white, you can't eat it, right? No creams, no whatever. And you pretty much have to be under the age of 30. <laughs> so pass me the, bri the biscuits and the brownies, man. I'm like, that game, that ship has sailed. All right. How do you display Jesus Christ right now in your life? That's the point of this. The mind of Christ in the struggle of life. In the struggle. I don't know where life went to in this particular title. It was on there at one point, but now it's just the mind of Christ in the struggle. Trying to be poetic, right? Dead poet society. That's not it at all. It's like three people got that. Thank you. So, okay, listen. It's Saturday afternoon. I really, I want this information to get out to you. But at the same time, if you guys have a question, if there's, a, if there's some clarification that you want, just, okay, this, this, is, this is less church, okay? Look, I'm wearing, a, I'm wearing a, a, a cap and I'm wearing a scarf around my neck, just hanging out. I'm not trying to be cool. I'm just an old, cold dude. So be, just interact. This is, this is about us growing in the Lord, okay? So let's spend some time. I'll try to give you some focused thoughts if there's some more clarity that you need. Throw up your hand. We'll try to answer those questions for you. And I'll just kind of pick away at this. Here's the text. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others what does that mean? That's verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Okay, what do we have here? If we read this, we take a step back and say, all right, this is a letter to the Philippians. This is Paul now writing. The Holy Spirit is working through Paul to communicate some sort of truth. That displays the person of God to us in some measure. And we are uh, listening to this particular message 2,000-ish years later. And so what we really see is that we have several societies that are represented in this particular text. Okay? We have, first of all, the society that represents the Philippian church. And so I can just put right here, Philippian church. We are 2,000 years removed. We're just going to put, oh, P for C, church. And I'm going to change the pen on this a little bit. Okay? And then we also have another society. We have the society of God. Because as we saw, at least in the men's group yesterday, um, God is singular, but he functions in an economy of persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that has implications to our life. 
uh, as far as how we are to understand our responsibilities before God. Three societies that are understood. The point, the number one point would be consider the societies in the struggle. Okay? So if you're looking for a point to put this under, this would be consider the societies in the struggle. We got the Philippian church, P for C, and the society of God, which speaks a lot because what we have just said is that God is involved in what? In our dun, 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 struggle. Right? Um, how involved is God in our struggle? Just Sunday School 101. Come on, guys. How involved is God in our struggle? What is it? 100%. What does that mean? It's like, I'm behind you 100%, man. Okay, but how? What does it look like? It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple, dude. What's wrong with you? Why can't you get this? <laughs> no problem. Anytime. I got your back. The cross. Sin, right? Like, that's a pretty big commitment. We just read this section on what Jesus Christ did. He took on human form in order to display something of God's person to us. God is intimately involved in our struggle, which is pretty amazing because um, God is an indistinguishable or unapproachable light. He lives in that. He dwells in that. In fact, he is so distinguished in his person, his character, his nature, that if God had not chosen to reveal himself to us, there would be no way for us to even understand who he was. I can look at an atomic bomb and not even know what I'm looking at. If, just take it, out of the, take it out of the missile form and put it all in computer information. I could be shaking this like, stuff that could kill me and 10 million people and, and think it's like, you know, hey, look, it's a green Powerade. Yay! Because <laughs> that's just not my, that's not my gifting. That's not my background. Um, I would have no idea how to even interact with that. How much more so God, who is, as we said before, he is a necessary being. But God's involved in our struggle. This is really important as we consider this because we're not on our own uh, with respect to what it is that we face as a society, the church society. So the first society we see is the Philippian church. This is written to the Philippians. Uh, It's basically a region. Philippi was a region in that time. So if you kind of get on your map, I I would show it to you, but take a little bit too much time to go through it. If you get on a map, go all the way to Israel and then look, put your back towards Israel and look out towards the Mediterranean Ocean. Philippi is going to be on your right, kind of up following Turkey, that kind of area up there. So just kind of keep going around that bend, and eventually you'll find a place called Philippi. And that particular area was more of a region. So the church in Philippi would be like the church in Evansville, uh, the church you know, in Ohio, the church in wherever your city is. So it's not necessarily just one church. It's several churches that might represent the body of Christ as a whole in that area. And that body of Christ is revealed or has been revealed something about the person and nature of God. And that is that God is working in such a way to bring transformation and life to them. So, before we go further, let me just go ahead and commit this time to the Lord as we get ready to dive into what the Philippian church is experiencing. <clears throat> Holy Father, I, just, uh, I pray, Lord, that this would be more than just information. I, we, don't, we don't want to just get our minds full of truth for the sake of having our heads filled with knowledge. Lord, you are a God who transforms the soul and your word brings life. And so I pray that you would bring life over us right now. I pray for an anointing for the sake of your people that are here before me right now. Lord, uh, that I might myself also learn of your mercy and your goodness and 
uh, be encouraged again as I walk through this passage. In our uh, responsibilities, may we be encouraged. In our love and our affection for God and our sacrifices for the kingdom, let us be encouraged. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. What does Paul say to the Philippian church with respect to this struggle? Okay, here it is right here. For it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engage in the same conflict that you saw I had and now that I still have. Why is this verse significant? Let's take a look at this word right here first. Granted. If I were to use the word granted, what are you thinking? If I grant something to you, what would be a synonym that you could use for me? Bestowed gave its a gift. I apply for a grant because I want money for my organization, and this particular or, uh, place that I applied to gave me that grant. So it's a gift, right? How is this word used in the context of Philippians chapter 1, verse 2? It's granted that I should believe. Woohoo! Love that. It's granted that I should suffer. Really? That's a gift from God as much as my salvation is? Wow. And it's not just that. It's that my conflict is distinguished by the fact that it's constant. Right? Uh, In its focus, it's the same. And by constant, I mean the same as other Christians who have gone before me. That's what makes Hebrews so powerful when you read it. That other Christian people have experienced the same struggles that you now have. That's what actually brings a sense of unity. Have you ever met somebody? We've got somebody here that spent some time in the military. Right here, Gregory. He spent some time in the military. You watch these guys. And they'll, like, you know, get to know each other. Where did you serve? Where did you serve? And, and if they ended up actually fighting in the same region, all they have to say is, I was in X. Oh. And it's one of these. And they, they get it. And there's an instant bond. All right? All right, Christian church, life of Jesus, Holy Spirit indwelling you. You find some Chinese Christian, where'd you serve? I was here. Ah, I get it. That's the way the Christian life should be. And if it's not that way, we're not actually living in the way that we should be with respect to our passion and our concern for Christ and his glory and the things that God's called us to. We have a conflict that's the same whether you go to Tibet or you're in Evansville, Indiana. It's against the flesh, the blood, and the devil. And most of the time, we're just struggling with the flesh, right? Every once in a while, we can see, oh, Satan's got his minions after me because this has kind of been crazy, getting ready for X, Y, Z, or I know some things are happening at church and I can just understand their spiritual conflict. But most of the time, it's Dave waking up thinking, oh, my goodness, I look worse inside than I'm looking in the mirror right now. And that's pretty bad, right? I'm scaring myself looking up in the mirror as I'm brushing my teeth. You can laugh. It's okay. I just heard you. like, oh. So this is normal life. There's the conflict. We, we have the same conflict and we're engaged. We're engaged in this conflict. This is not something that we just put together. We're, we're actively involved in what God is doing. It's okay. Throw it again. <laughs> I told you this wasn't Sunday morning. Put me in a ball cap and a scarf and it's all over, man. You on your own. I'll get you. Thank you for joining us this week. 
If you have questions about P4C, visit our website at p4csummit.org, or you can email us at info at p4csummit.org. We hope you can join us next week on the P4C podcast as we listen to part two of this message. May God bless you as you seek to passionately live for His glory each and every day.